0: Good afternoon, folks. Welcome to another episode of the American Man Podcast. My name is Daniel Porter, and I am joined today by a good friend of mine, where we will be discussing a new topic, why American men must educate. And I'm telling you, this is going to be a very powerful interview. If you have any type of affiliation system in this country, you will know that over an extended period of time, things have changed and not necessarily everything for the better. So, what we're going to do is talk about what one individual is doing about some of the issues we're seeing dealing with men and children as a whole in the educational system. So, once again, you are tuned into the American Man podcast. This is a show for reclaiming the men of America. Here, we're restoring identity. And we're raising the flag. We are a positive voice, uh, pretty much giving information as to how men, on an individual standpoint, are using their flag and using their voice to change America one day at a time. So without any further ado, let's go ahead and get into the show. I have uh, joined with me today, Benjamin Martin, who is an educator and has been recognized on several aspects of how he has been successful. Uh, in the classroom so Benjamin are you there can you hear me
1: I am here Daniel how are you
0: (laughs) I'm doing great how are you
1: I'm doing good sir doing good
0: awesome I hope you're as psyched up for this show as I am because you and I go back we've had a couple of conversations uh, and got a lot of history and I am well acquainted with the work that you've done in the field of education. So super excited to have you on today and I appreciate you joining us.
1: All right, Daniel, I appreciate you uh, inviting me to uh, be on with you because I know that there are so many other far more qualified individuals that you should have <laughs> and do this. But you know, you you went down to the bottom of the barrel in here pulled me up. <laughs> and I appreciate
0: it. <laughs> Well, you know, I disagree with you on that, but Corona got a lot of folks running right now. So, you know, unfortunately, the people at the bottom of the barrel who don't realize they're at the bottom of the barrel are the best subjects to have a conversation with. So, I... <laughs> oh man, you got to be tickled up today, but I appreciate it, man. Let's jump into it. Let's let's. Um... Let's get started because I'm sure these folks want to know what in the world we are talking about. So again, to reiterate, if you're just joining in, the topic is why American men must educate. And and I'm going to elaborate on the fact that that must is in all caps. Um, I don't have much history in education, but when I graduated from Georgia State University in 2013, Uh, I took a short uh, vacation, so to speak, because I was just tired of studying. I decided to do some casual work. And one of the things that I decided to do was to substitute teach. (coughs) Excuse me. It's a common thing that a lot of postgraduates do. Uh, It's it's fairly easy money, fairly uh, easy work. But needless to say, when I got inside of the school system, I was absolutely appalled at some of the things that I saw there. There was absolutely a lack of order, a lack of disobedience, a lack of direction, a lack of focus, a lack of aptitude. Uh, There were just so many things that I saw that alarmed me. And this had become the norm. And Benjamin, I know you can definitely identify with that because The landscape in education has changed, the landscape in our community has changed, the landscape in the family and how we look at the value on education has changed. I mean, so many things are affecting the mentality of students in school today. And so what we wanna do is talk about some of the different areas that are important when it comes to addressing and even tackling education. Um, these are areas that my guest has uh, has a, a lot of experience in. So those areas are excelling, leadership, image, realistic goals and mentorship. Those are five different areas we're going to be talking about today. Again, one is excelling another's leadership, image, realistic goals and lastly, but certainly not least, mentorship. So. What I want to do Let's talk about you Ben I um, I want to get into your background story Let the folks know where you're coming from Where you're born uh, Kind of your, your family dynamic growing up And and how did you get into education I'm going to just give the mic over to you And, and let you tell them Well I am from the metropolis Of Swainsboro Georgia
1: Pretty big city there That's huge Yeah I I um, was um, I've been in education um, for um, roughly 17, 18 years now. And wow. I uh, went to uh, Payne College in Augusta, Georgia, which is a historically okay. university. Um, chose mm-hmm. to major um, in education. My inspiration mm. came from my fourth grade math teacher, uh, Ms. Jeanette Pardon. Mm who um, oh okay who, who was um who was a very good math teacher very good teacher in general she just taught mm-hmm. with such passion and and such care and so it continued um you know through high school motivated by others like uh, Miss Mia woods um mm-hmm. my god sister um mm-hmm. and her mom pushed me uh, to do to do a lot so um education wow. has been education has been has been has been it um for me so I'm in the area of social studies
0: mm-hmm. Okay
1: and, um, I've taught in two systems Richmond County mm-hmm. and in Washington County um, most Okay of time Waco. In, in, in Washington County, right, yeah, Waco So
0: <laughs> Notoriously known for football Still have a problem with them but That's alright Great school system. Yeah. And still a good
1: football team. Still a good football team. And still a good football
0: team. Exactly. Yeah. So why did you get into social studies?
1: Um, I always, always liked history. Um, Particularly um, my interest peaked in, um, I think, my 10th grade world history class. And so, Mm -hmm. um, you know, from from civics in ninth grade to world history uh, to U.S. history, it was always Mm -hmm. uh, interesting and things have always it's always changing. And to be able to uh, to be able to relate to. Things now to how they were in the past. It really helps understand the dynamics of everything that's kind of that kind of happens in in government mm-hmm. and in the world. Um, as far as why wow. different things are how they are, especially when you look at it from an open minded perspective.
0: Mm-hmm. That you know what, I'm glad you actually went there. You you're right in my Kool Aid because. Uh, As a preface, I was going to inquire of you to just give us your personal opinion in regards to history, Um, you know, what people need to be aware of, of what education used to look like uh, in America. And what it offered to students, and how that has changed today, just from a general perspective.
1: Well, I mean, it's—I um, guess it depends on the side of the coin that you choose to to look at and believe. Um, of course, everybody hmm. remembers uh, the time of of segregation uh, hmm. when you know blacks and whites were not attending uh, the same schools. Um, the mm, material things in the black schools were not up to, up to par, um, with, the, mm-hmm. with the counterpart. And then you had the integration of schools, you had the integration of schools and, so, uh, mm-hmm. with the, with the integration of school and for integration, um, it, mm-hmm. it really just changed the, the dynamics, particularly for the African American, as far as how, uh, you're educated and, um, uh, you know, just those, those things that are, that are expected. Mm. So, um, some people mm. believe that integration was good. Some people believe that it wasn't, um, that it wasn't mm. good. And basically, uh, the bottom line is, is not about integration or segregation. The bottom line is just what the expectation of the, of the parent is at home. And I think, uh, the, the biggest dynamic is the, is the family change. And, um, hmm. but there's, there's a, an, an older guy that's like a mentor to me. And he always hmm. says that, you know, the foundation in any society is the family. And when you, and that's right. that Family breakdown, then you start to see that, uh, effect of areas, you know, it, it, that's right. It affects the school. It affects the church. It affects, um, you know, the community, it affects everything. Mm-hmm. And so, more than the the change in education or the the school system is it's a lot of change in the in the family dynamic as well
0: wow that's a very important thing that you just mentioned there you know I, i agree to your point that some people would say integration was a good thing integration was a bad thing but one thing you can't take away is your pursuit of excellence and your pursuit of knowledge you know um quick backup question i mean what would you say would you say that because of integration and how america had to grow through that period in order to make sure that uh, the same quality of materials and the same breadth of information was made available to all students do you feel like that truly has become the reality today or as a teacher do you seals Do you still see any type of disparity there? Um, I think it it is a reality. It, I mean,
1: there are always there are always some um, dip, you know discrepancies or you know some things that need to be fixed. Uh, but for the mm-hmm. most part, for the most part, um, the opportunities are available. Um, mm-hmm. It's just the uh, the willingness to pursue and the mm-hmm. uh, desire uh, to take advantage of those opportunities that are that are out there, um, absolutely. You know, the resources, absolutely. materials, and things of that nature is there, um, and and sometimes it's just what 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 value, um, what things we put value on.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. That's extremely important. You know, and and for all of those who are listening, we want to reiterate the fact that we like to give things from a Christian perspective. This, This podcast is truly for those who appreciate the roots of America, because it's in that perspective that all people are valued, all people are acknowledged, and all people can be encouraged to do their very best. But back to your point. Information is available at such a speed today. I I mean, it's ridiculous. We don't have any excuse as to why we aren't excelling. And to your point, I I personally, I don't know about you, man, but growing up, the library was my favorite place to be. Absolute favorite. Even today, it's still my favorite place to be there are so many resources available to the community through the local library and one of the consistent things i see is you know for those who are saying i don't have this i don't have that i don't have this you know the library is pretty empty you know for the most part even around here and i know because i'm usually in it all the time Mm -hmm. you may have kids that come in from you know, when they have the the toddler times, but most people are not really taking advantage of all of those free resources or the knowledge that is in the libraries. And I'm just using library because that's one of many streams uh, as it relates to information now. But I totally agree with you. It's not the fact that obviously there are gaps in our system, but you can go to any country and you can look at any period of time and see that there were always gaps in education. And that didn't stop people from being excellent. What stopped people from being excellent, as you were uh, pretty much uh, talking about or alluding to, was the fact that our our family unit, our internal values, that pretty much determine how we pursue excellence. And so there's no excuse. And what we want to get into Mm -hmm. Is talk about your experience and some of the things you saw. So, as we stated, our first uh, our first point that we have here is talking about excelling. So let's just kind of get into that. Uh, what's your definition of excellence?
1: Um, excellence is simply uh, putting forth your best effort to get the um, to get the highest result. Um, mm-hmm. You know, excellence for Students in terms of education is not always is not mm-hmm. always the same. It's not always the one hundred. You know, uh, mm-hmm. you know, for some excellence is making sure, you know, that they that they stay focused or they don't get into trouble or that they do make mm-hmm. the higher grade. It's it's so it's, it's mm-hmm. whatever your whatever your goal is, putting forth the best effort to to achieve that goal. Wow.
0: Okay. And as a teacher, you know, it's it's every person who's ever been successful, I would wager has probably had at least one person, (laughs) at least one teacher in school, as you stated, that just really impacted them because teachers are pretty much raising students to a certain degree. So there's a need for affirmation. You know, they're taking on ideals and and mentalities that teachers are putting into them as far as what excellence looks like. So, I mean, as a teacher and as a male instructor, how are you affirming and, and teaching excellence in particular to your male students and females? Well, you know, the, the thing is to
1: challenge all students to be to be the best that they can be um, and to, mm-hmm. to try to do that in a very supportive Role uh, to try to bring their mm-hmm. their best to help them realize that they do have um, potential and abilities, uh, no matter what they uh, may have been told, and no matter what they may think, and um, mm. to pushing them and not let them not let them give up. Um, we have a mm. a very entitled um, group of of students that. Mm want everything, time. you know, given to them, working, um,
0: mm-hmm. for,
1: for things, um, even something as simple as, as reading an entire passage to find an answer, as opposed to just skimming wow. over it or looking at it, you know, um, <laughs> trying to find you know, mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. actually put in the work, something that they don't, they don't like mm-hmm. to do. And, uh, but you have to, you wow. know, you have to kind of push them in that in that vein, to get those things, to do those things, um, so that mm-hmm. you know, once they uh, to put in the work, so that once they get to wherever they're trying to go, they appreciate more. Mm-hmm. They appreciate it more, and so mm. you wow. know, and so you do that. You do that. You know, uh, as teachers, we're expected to, uh, you know, we're expected to show up no matter how we feel, no matter what we have going on. Uh, we have to be professional we have to do our job we come in the classroom we don't bring all our right. problems our issues our cares whatever um, <clears throat> with us in the classroom um one of the things mm-hmm. that i always have done um most of the time even from my first year of teaching mm-hmm. is um, is wear a tie every day students say i wear a suit but it's oh, actually wow. just, just, you know, <laughs>
0: the shirt, the
1: tie, and slacks every day except for Friday. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've done that the first year, mm-hmm. even when I came into this into Washington County, um, there were many male teachers, if any, that wore um, that wore a shirt and a tie. And for a couple of years, seniors chose me as being best wow. dressed simply for having that that standard of, I guess, of just dress attire. Uh, and I exactly. remember growing up, you know, wow. seeing males uh, in elementary and primary school, uh, the principals, um, mm-hmm. you know, wearing those, you know, they wore they wore suits, you know, three-piece suits or, mm-hmm. or double-breasted suits, you know, mm-hmm. um, at that wow. time. And so it, it's just, to me, it's just professional looking, not that anything else may not be. Exactly. To me, it's just more professional looking and so uh that was that was something that i do in even this past school term uh at one of my students he wore um uh, he wore a shirt and a tie every tuesday during the whole time oh, he was wow. in my class and you know
0: his on, on his
1: on his own accord uh to show that he could wow. um you know almost dress as good as i did
0: <laughs> Did anyone follow behind? Um,
1: not not really, not really, not really. He, you know, because okay. he, just, he okay. just took on that 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 thing to do. But again, he was one of those, uh, uh, I guess, rare students that that always uh, mm. focuses and seeks to excel, tries his hardest in everything, mm. very disciplined, uh, young man.
0: Wow. That's awesome. That's awesome. And it's more, even the more awesome that you teach history because I'm sure as a history professor, you'll be able to, uh, and probably have already showed the students that, you know, in past times there are people who've done far more with far less. Right.
1: Right. Yeah. One, one of the examples that I like to use, <laughs> um, as far as just, um, you know, striving for excellence. I think it was when I read the, uh, the autobiography of, of Frederick Douglass, uh, how he mm-hmm. how he learned to read, if I remember that correctly, and how that he amazing. learned, you know, it's by learning the alphabet. He would play marbles uh, with his mm-hmm. with his slave master's son, and wow, and and part of the game he infused uh, the alphabet, so he knew up to a certain point, but every time. You know he would lose he would learn a new letter so if mm. he moved up to D wow. by the time you know the game was over he may have lost uh, you know the game but he learned the letter E and so the next time he played he was able <laughs> to go up until he had learned you know the entire alphabet uh, you know and yeah. that's I mean like you said they did far more
0: with far less they just became creative in those things wow Exactly. And even in the story that you're detailing, he didn't necessarily win the game, but he was still learning. So how do you affirm those students and encourage students who, you know, everything in today's society is so test driven. But just because you don't score well on a test doesn't mean you are not learning. So what types of things are you know, do you say to your students or what do you do to your students to encourage those who kind of started a little bit at a disadvantage or maybe they're having difficulty in particular areas or even in your class. Um, But you recognize the fact that they are striving for excellence and they are learning. I mean, I
1: just encourage them not to to give up, you know, that a test score is a test score. Um, Many times it does not determine how intelligent they are or, you know, just the area that they're in. I Mm -hmm. also share with them that I have my own challenges my own areas that I'm not that I'm not good at mm. there's a reason that I teach social studies and not math uh,
0: <laughs> exactly <laughs> makes perfect sense so walking in excellence is is a huge key not only for I, I, I can definitely understand the fact that you have to rewire a lot of the students' understanding of what excellence is. And not only that, it needs to be modeled. And so, so that the students can see that and be able to relate to what the pattern of excellence looks like. So, that's awesome. That's awesome. Let's move on to the next uh, section, which is leadership. I have a quote here, which I thought was pretty awesome. It's by Margaret Thatcher, and it says, Don't follow the crowd, let the crowd follow you. And You know, as well as I do that this is so hard for so many students because their identity is is rooted in so many things other than, you know, just pursuing excellence. So, you know, it it makes them uh, it kind of incapacitates the leadership capability in a person when they are judging themselves by other people. So, you know, for for you. How do you identify those leaders and what are you doing as a, as a teacher to steward that leadership gift when you see it? Um, well,
1: there are, there are students who have, who have great potential and um, like you say, they don't like to stand out. Blending in has become uh, the, the norm. And so um, mm-hmm. sometimes you you know, in a in a side conference after class or outside the classroom, um, you know, I'll just have those mm-hmm. conversations with those students um, and, and try to mm-hmm. encourage them to step up and be leaders and be individuals and not try to, um, you know, just follow the crowd, so to speak, uh, but to actually you know, right. stand out and be their own person and um, that's right, and that's mm-hmm. and that's and that's in anything, and um, so so just pushing them that way, and um, a lot of times that's that's what it takes, you know, pulling them to the side, developing that rapport, mm-hmm. that relationship with them, so that they kind of mm-hmm. know that you're mm-hmm. not just concerned about them, you know, getting a grade, but you're concerned about them in the future, and exactly. I often, you know, just. Just take advantage of those teachable moments and remind them that, you know, whatever they do now will impact them late on that. You know, they, or, you know, that's the right. Decisions that they make um, will impact mm-hmm. them later. But even though they may make bad decisions, the other thing is that they learn from those decisions mm-hmm. and not get stuck and don't become, you know, don't get in a cycle of continuing to make bad decisions. Mm-hmm. That's right. And uh, so to try to pull that out of them and to try to get them to do that um, is sometimes very challenging. But but a few of them do. A few of them do.
0: Yeah, that's absolutely right. And it's so important that, like you were saying, you develop relationship through those side conversations. And I know that can be a bit challenging within a school environment, but it is so important because for some of these students, they don't have uh, a father or a male type influence in their life at all, and so they draw from whoever has the strongest presence in the classroom. And as we both know, usually that's not that's not always mm-hmm. the best thing, you know. And so when you have a uh, when you have a man who can stand in that position and exert authority in a way that thinking and show leadership. That is extremely necessary. And these kids are looking for examples. I can tell you my time my short time uh, my short time in the school system impacted my life so heavily because I saw I, I didn't even have to say much. you know we would take breaks and we would go out and the kids would play, but I would have girls who would sit down next to me and just want to be around me. And just have conversation. And we would talk about lives. We would talk about life. We would talk about their interests. We would talk about um, their friends. And for some of them, it kind of became a regular thing. I used to have the school system call me and tell me, Mr. Porter, they are the kids are always asking for you because they saw that I genuinely cared and that I was willing to pour into them. And I I believe it's so important for the kids to see that in men. There are a lot of women who have been on the front lines for a long time and they've been doing great things in the school system and pretty much uh, holding up, holding up the integrity uh, of teaching of teaching itself. But it's just different when you have uh, the presence of a man that's that's operating in leadership in school. So you know, that's just wanted mm-hmm. to kind of throw that in there. But do you have any particular examples of of something that kind of changed your life uh, as it relates to being a leader to these kids and and how you saw change in any students' life? Um, the
1: um, I guess the 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 biggest thing I guess is just the uh, the the role that I play. Um, In the in the school and um like I said in the community outside of the school uh many of them are familiar with me being a pastor and so once that (laughs) kind of you know falls in um they they make that connection as well um through church um there's a young man who is um who is graduating this year um and mm-hmm. his aunt contacted me and asked me about uh, doing a video um, because he um, mm-hmm. looked at me as one of his one of his mentors, uh, kind of you know one of his favorite teachers that he looked mm-hmm. up to, and I taught him mm-hmm. as a freshman. And so just uh, mm-hmm. like I said, just being able to to connect with them on those on those varying levels, um, you know, there was another young man who actually became mm-hmm. he was a minister. While he was in um, in school before graduating, and um, oh wow, when he was being ordained, um, he asked me to do the ordination service for him, sermon. And so it's, wow. it's, it's those connections and those things. It's a lot of times, uh, you know, you try to think of the the, the grand things that you might do that impact people but you know I've been Mm -hmm. trying to think to answer your question um I haven't done anything other than Mm -hmm. you know just show up and be professional and really just do the job that (laughs) you know that 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 I'm supposed to do and and I'll maintain (laughs) order in the classroom you know Mm -hmm. and and just you know be that Mm -hmm. that person that they know you know you go into, into Mr. You know into yeah. Mr. Martin's classroom, then you know, this is what you're gonna expect. And, mm-hmm. so it's just, you know, it's just one right. of those one of those things, I guess, just just being being myself, just being average. Uh just, you know, wow. yeah. And I That's think it. that sometimes I think the biggest thing we do is um is impact students in ways that we don't even think about. Sometimes you get letters at the end of the year or, mm-hmm. or notes or something where they say, hey, I was having a bad day and you wow. did this or you know, just different things that that, that happen and it just it does it cause them to, to push and then, you know, uh, when they accomplish something, you're the first one that they want to tell mm-hmm. and share
0: it with. Uh, and Wow, that's right, right. right. That affirmation. Wow, that's that's so important. What you were talking about um, just for a second was kind of hitting on the image portion of the conversation. Just being able—you said in particular that they don't have to be anything but themselves, you know. And what's funny is you can look at even education. Uh, you know, <laughs> for me growing up. My dad was a doctor (coughs) excuse me dad was a doctor mom was a nurse you know so everyone's asking you know who's gonna be the doctor that was the that was the expectation and you know what it wasn't the expectation only from people who knew me it was the expectation from everybody yeah everybody everyone at the church everyone at the store uh, all the teachers in the school, you know, and I'm just gonna say, you know, it's so important that we don't get caught up in this false, uh, this this keeping up with the Joneses type mentality, you know, because students can feel that, and sometimes you don't even have to say much. It's it's how right. you respond to them, you know. I had um the expectation was. For me to be exactly like my father and, uh, you know, not only for those in education, but anybody who deals with children or, or young people on any capacity, it's important that we do exactly what you said, which is I need to make sure that I'm not trying to produce a carbon copy out of you because this is what I deem to be important. This is what I value. This is what I see as impactful. This is what I see as excellent, because what you do then is you 100% nullify the gifts and 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 the talents that have been put inside a person to fulfill a specific yeah. pur- purpose. And so it can't be about you know I need you to excel in this area because even you know in the school system or uh, in the classroom or whatever. This is what we deem as excellent. I need to find out specifically who you are. And if I understand who you are, then I can better help mentor and propel you in the area that you need to be. Because if I don't understand who you are first, I may put something on you that doesn't have anything to do. Right.
1: And that's the thing. And most students, you know, most children um, are still, you know, even in high school, trying to find who they are. They, they really have no, no idea, which is why it's always good to have those positive examples um, to look at and yet let them, mm-hmm. bring them to ways where they actually think about um, what they're doing, choices that they're making, um, you know, and, and what their mm-hmm. goals are and to to keep that in front of them. You yeah. know, whatever your goal is, whatever your desire is, whatever you plan on doing, you know, later then you know you got to keep that in mm-hmm. the in the forefront of your mind
0: that's right in the forefront of your mind 100% yeah we don't want students to become um, no. unsuccessful you have students who right. are, are driven but they are being driven in the wrong direction you have entire people groups and cultures who literally tell their st- <laughs> some parents some gardeners Folk, listen this is what you're going to be because this is what we deem as important and it has nothing to do you know you got people who are lawyers not because they care about people not because they're gifted or skillful in finding out truth they want to be a lawyer because they think you know that's what we do you know or people who look like me or come from where I come from they become lawyers you have people who become doctors yeah. because of the salary which is the worst reason to become a yeah. doctor at all. You better know what you're doing and you better want to see people get better. I mean, that's the whole point of becoming a doctor. You have people who want to become teachers because that's all that was available or, you know, they're looking to get their right. name in the lights, you know, or or they want to have influence in 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 the system but they don't they don't really have a heart for the kids and what they need. They're not sensitive to them. So it's so very important. I have a quote here. It says, you spent your whole life concentrating on what everyone else thought of you. Would you forget mm-hmm. who you really were? What if the face you showed the world turned out to be a mask with nothing beneath it? And that was by the author Jody Picoult. This was in mm-hmm. her book, 19 Minutes. Such a powerful statement because I ran away from mm-hmm. my hometown. It was that bad. I was so sick of the expectation I wanted to get as far as way as possible (laughs) to where nobody knew me so I could forge my own future I mean it was was that bad it was I don't want to deal with any of you guys because you're not giving me permission to be who I feel that Mm -hmm. I was born to be you know like how important would you say that is well you got got to
1: um you know, it, at the end of the day, you got to be satisfied with who you are and um, students need to students really need to know that. And so that's one of the things I constantly remind them of, you know, and that is, you know, yes, uh, you know, mm-hmm. your your parents have, um, you know, this idea of this, this plan for you. You know, there, there are other people have. A plan mm-hmm. for you, but you you know what's what's the plan that you have for yourself? Mm-hmm. What is it that you want to do for your for yourself? Mm-hmm. and um, oh, oddly sorry. enough, um, I can't remember what the career was, what the instance was, but there was one student um that I guess battled with that very thing that you were that you were just talking about in terms of mm. this is what the family has always done, and so. This is what (laughs) I'll be doing, even though it's not necessarily what I, what I want to do. And so, um, you know, in, in, mm-hmm. in one of the classes that, um, that I taught a couple of years back, uh, we looked at students, you know, trying to find and understand what their what their purpose is of being effective. And we talked about, you know, uh, Maslow's hierarchy mm-hmm. of needs and, uh, you know, having mm-hmm. that that, that mm-hmm. love and acceptance and then, you know, getting up to that, you know, to that place of self-actualization. And this, um, yeah, you know, what they would, you know, what they would need to do for themselves, um, you know, in, in mm-hmm. terms of doing That's right. that, you know, so.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, and then you have some people who say, let's say someone's listening to what you're saying, whether they be uh, someone in the instructor or guardian position or someone in the student position says, you know what? I have a revelation and I don't like who I am, but it's so hard. It's impossible to change. I'm sure you've heard that. This is just yep. the way that I am. You, you recognize that you have some negative thinking and you have negative emotions that are empowering that thinking, but they've been sold. This is how I am. This is how my daddy was. This is, you know, I, I don't understand you know, is, is, is change a complex thing? Is it simple or complex? And, 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 you know, what would you say to someone who has accepted that as the barrier to overcoming? Um, Change
1: Change is is, again, it's not, it's not complex. It's just a matter of what they, of, of what the individual want, uh, to do. Self-motivation is, is, is Mm -hmm. the key thing. And, um, for any person mm-hmm. uh who you know may think that there are you know using that as a barrier or saying what they they can't do um it's mm-hmm. just a matter of shifting your mindset uh, most of the time if we are mm-hmm. not doing something that we know we could do um that all we have to do is simply change it and and to be honest a lot of times the change is not mm-hmm. it's not a major change it's just a, a matter of of just making a minor adjustment yeah. minor shift in attitude behavior that's right you know uh even mindset even thinking and um mm-hmm. you know there are mm-hmm. uh things you know sometimes people need uh, to have that encouragement, sometimes uh, people may feel like, you know, because mm-hmm. of their, their circumstances or uh, their, their socioeconomic mm-hmm. status. That they have to fit into a certain mm-hmm. uh, profile or a certain st- you know style, but again, that's right. Um, I'll share with students. You know, I'll open up and I'll share. You know, I, I came from a low-income single-family home, and I was supposed to be a statistic of mm-hmm. one not succeeding. But you know, um, mm. Mama did not allow us to ever think mm-hmm. that education wasn't important you know we went to school unless we had a temperature or mm-hmm. fluid leaving our body there was never a day where we just you know did not attend school um you know it was understood that's right that we do the best that we could um in school and you know whatever that best was that's what it was but for me, the best was to be on the honor roll, mm-hmm. and and to, you know, not to fall short of that, um, to, you know, even you know, no matter what, that was just the expectation, and so that's what I that's what I worked to mm-hmm. do, uh, and so you know it's it's just right. about pushing through you know i persevered i went to paying college with no thats right uh, money saved up with no clue as to how it was going to be paid but that motivated me to continue to study and go to class to make sure that I kept my grade up so that I could keep getting scholarships and the grants or whatever mm-hmm. because there was no other way, no other means of me paying mm-hmm. for education other than that. So uh, no matter what things that should right. be done, it's just a matter of the individual making up their mind to, to do it. That's right. And I think for um for our students, for um, our male students in particular, that's that is it. They have to just become secure mm-hmm. enough within themselves, as you said, not to not to wear this mask
0: mm-hmm.
1: or to to put on this this image or facade mm-hmm. in front of other classmates, when they could actually just just make some small changes, um, in some instances, and 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 reach their fullest potential.
0: So powerful, so powerful, because what you're talking about is what you can see. If, if, if you can't see your way out, meaning if you don't believe that there is another way out, you're not going to come out. It's it's. I mean, it's really that clear. And just to to reiterate to those of you who are listening, doesn't matter whether you're a student or doesn't matter whether you're a guardian, a parent or teacher, you know, this is where faith comes in. We, we want to emphasize that because faith takes you beyond what you yourself have the ability to do. And this, and this is one of the issues being that a lot of people are having because they're frustrated about the loopholes and about the issues that they're seeing in their life. And they're wondering why they're not seeing success. And it's one simple thing. It's because you're not utilizing faith. One of the things that the Bible clearly says is as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. That's what that's what that's what we're talking about. So if you begin to believe in your heart based on your experience, that your experience is the totality of the possible outcomes you can have, you have already cut yourself short. There are some things that you can't get rid of. There are some things that you cannot overcome. And unless you put unless you put the situation in the hands of someone who is greater than you, we were designed to operate in things that were greater than right. us because it requires the greater one. But many times because we don't believe in Jesus Christ, we don't believe he's real. We haven't experienced his power. Right. Then we live in ourselves and we, we can read the self-help books and you can do all of that. But if you don't know the power of God, I'm not talking about going to church and clapping your hands and singing a song. I'm talking about experiences where you were caught in a situation or dealing with a personal issue that you knew you had no ability to change. And someone who was greater than you, by you using your faith, you put it in the hands of someone who could actually do what you could not. And that's where the limitation comes off. You know, just kind of going back to what you were saying, we operate yeah. in faith all the time and we don't even realize we're doing it. When you sit down in a chair, you believe that that chair is not going to break, you believe it has the capacity to keep you. And guess what? It doesn't always do that. There have been times where I sat in a chair and that chair broke <laughs> and it surprised me and it did not stop me right. from going to find another chair. So some of you are trying or some of you are, 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 are losing out or not seeing the change you want to see because you have negated the most powerful component That a human being can ever tap into. And that is not only faith. But it's faith in him. Jesus Christ. It's faith in the one who designed you. To do the things that are impossible to do. But you will never see that. Until you tap into him. We were designed to flow with God. We we didn't create ourselves. No no one can tell you how they came out of the womb. Nobody can tell you why they were created. Unless it is revealed to them. And so these things come by faith. You know, like like using the example again, just because you have a negative experience with something,
1: right?
0: That's the past. And and it is and it is wrong to make judgments about the future based on the past. You can only make judgments based on the beginning and the end. That's why Christ says that he's the author and the finisher of your faith. What does that mean? That means when you put your faith in Jesus Christ concerning any issue that has been impossible for you to move, he is able to tell you what the end is going to be because he is the one who determines it. That's why he said, I am the author and the finisher of your faith. But when you become the author and the finisher of your faith, many times you will see failures in areas where you just haven't figured it out yet but you're not at the end but you're determining why I must be at the end because I haven't seen success yet and that is a 100% a lie. you are only at the end when you die and we have you're only at the end when you die that's when you're at the end you have people who are 50 plus years old they are going back to school and they are accomplishing things that they were unsuccessful to prior because they had a revelation or there was something that they got set free from or something that they got what? healed from or something they learned, something that was introduced to them they didn't know before that they didn't have previous that was necessary for their success. And so if you don't tap into this component of faith in Jesus Christ, then you are always going to be limited in what you can do because faith is the substance of what you believe. It's what you're believing, but you can't see. Well, I... I, I, I I believe, you know, I, I believe I can do well in math class even though I've had C's for the past five years. I believe that I can pass this real estate exam even though I failed the past two times. I believe that I can do well on this SAT, even though this is the fourth time I'm about to take it. Because remember, Jesus is the one who is the author and the finisher of your faith. He determines the end. But when he's excluded, And you say, I don't believe in that stuff because I haven't experienced it. That stuff is not real because I don't live by faith then what you have done is made yourself the author and finisher of your destiny. And I'm going to tell you, it doesn't matter if you become a tycoon and if you build the greatest business that's ever been built and if everyone follows you on LinkedIn and if everyone loves all your Facebook posts and if you write a hundred books and if everyone knows you all around the world, you're still nothing because you haven't fulfilled the purpose, the ultimate purpose that you were supposed to fulfill with faith. And you're not gonna get that in a self-help book. You're only gonna get that by seriously seeking Jesus Christ. Just like if you were trying to lose weight and you hit that gym every day and you were running every day and you were seeking after your weight change, that's how you have to pursue faith and that's how you have to pursue Jesus. And we just wanna encourage you to do that because if you're trying to accomplish this walk alone, Steve Harvey is a great example. Man, I don't know if you've seen some of uh the things that he's been speaking lately, but it's so powerful. He came from nothing, he didn't have anything. As yeah. you say, he, he should have been a statistic. And 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 now, all over television, he's telling people, you need God. Yeah, <laughs> you need God. And, and and to us who are spiritual, being just kind of going spiritual for a minute, you're unspiritual, that's fine. Just hang on. We're gonna make it clear for you. But To those who are spiritual, God is always intervening, even when we can't see it. He's always causing good things to happen because the Bible says that he is he is good and all good things come from him. He can't do bad. He can only do good. The negative is caused by Satan, who comes to steal, kill and destroy. God does not come to steal, kill and destroy. He comes that you may have life, meaning that whatever you need in life, he can be that. So if you need more intelligence, God can become that. Let me encourage you. I actually worked on a program for uh, I I did. I don't know if I told you this, uh, Ben, but I did software for the past six years. And I was I was. Yeah, it's you know, (laughs) it was was only God that even got introduced to it because I'm an exercise science major. Who somehow, you know, got on the phones and uh, in a business environment, and then, you know, from one deal to another, I got into technology and, and kind of built a career there. But I was working for a top company. Oh We were actually building their sales force, and they had never done this. Yeah, they had never done this before, right? And so, but for me, I had never sold cloud technology. In technology, there are so many different avenues you can go into. You could be in technology for 20 years and still haven't tapped uh, another area of technology, still be a novice. And so I had never sold cloud systems or cloud back technology, infrastructure as a service, software as a service, uh, you know, application as a... I'd never done that before. And so this was all new. And I don't have a computer background, So... I'm about to to sell for Google, and I don't have a clue. I'm not even abreasted on any of the uh, knowledge base for selling cloud. So we had like maybe two or three months to get ramped up on the information. And when I tell you that when I first started, I was so intimidated because it was so much knowledge to learn. But I stayed in prayer. And through faith, God literally downloaded to me the language and the understanding I needed to master the stuff. I was blown away oh, wow. by even the words that were coming out of my mouth on the phone. I knew it wasn't me. I knew it wasn't me. There was no way I could understand this stuff because I had, i, I it was literally three months. God taught me how the cloud worked. And I was able to have conversations with people who could run circles around me these guys have been in the field for 30 years with cios and ceos and i was having five or six of these conversations a day and when i started out that was some bumbling stumbling as they say on espn but um uh, chris berman but man when i tell you god strengthened me and i didn't have the ability to do that before but because of faith in him I was able to do that, so I want to encourage you as a student and also as a teacher. Do not allow yourself to go your entire life and completely conk out on the fact that God created you to do supernatural things that you cannot do alone. And don't allow the spirit of dis uh, of unbelief and pride to keep you from trying to do things by yourself because you weren't created. You first of all, you were created the fact that we were all created means that we have a purpose that wasn't that didn't come from ourselves. it came from somebody else who has tools and powers and abilities uh, to be able to assist us and create in, in accomplishing the purposes that we were created for. And so if we don't acknowledge that, especially in the school system because systems are designed in a particular way that excludes authenticity. And individuality. It's not designed for you as a person. It's designed for a conglomerate. And many times it's designed by somebody who, you know, is completely removed from what students actually need to know to live in today's world. You know, that's a whole nother conversation. But just we just want to encourage you tap into the power of faith. If you don't know what that is, and even if you don't believe in it, just because you don't believe in something doesn't mean it isn't real. It just means it hasn't been made real to you. It means it's something that you must discover. And so we're encouraging you to do that. Uh, Ben, you got in comment? (laughs) All right. So, yes, we're back on. But um, like I was saying, (laughs) I think I lost you for a second there. But it's loud and clear (laughs) now. Yeah,
1: I was, uh, I was saying, amen, amen.
0: But <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, uh, Ben, go ahead and comment. We're talking about faith as it pertains to being able to achieve saying. change.
1: Well, I mean, that's the, that's the thing. And I think um, as you were talking, I was going to say that one of the, um, I guess the key components or aspects that, um, that we had growing up was church. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I know, you know, faith does not necessarily mean church, but mm. if we're going to talk religion, you know, or, or talk Christianity, mm-hmm. uh, you know, faith comes by hearing. That's it. By the word of God. And so mm, that's what we, you know, that's all we heard. That was the, mm-hmm. the thing that was instilled in us uh, from Sunday school to Bible study, you know, mm-hmm. to just service all together was this, you know, this relationship. Um, with God through Jesus Christ, and so that's right. Um, what I find is that there are uh, students who, uh, you know, they, you know, of course, have a thousand questions when they find out you, that you are a preacher. Uh,
0: <laughs> yep,
1: different stuff, and you know, you can't. You know you can't discuss certain things but our mm-hmm. student organizations like fellowship of christian athletes that allows those students you know what i'm saying to gather yeah. mm-hmm. and their their faith and to to do those things and so one of the mm-hmm. things that i've been privileged to do over the last uh few years is be our school sponsor for uh fellowship of christian athletes oh so, that's awesome uh, that has really uh, you know, enabled uh, me to kind of just facilitate and encourage you know, mm-hmm. those who wish to become a part of that organization um, mm-hmm. you know, to to be um, firm in what they believe and you know, let their faith guide them through um, mm-hmm. you know, various situations even as it relates to uh, you know, their sports but not just sports but through life mm-hmm. in general and so that's right. uh, so it is it is a very important um, a very important key and and so you know getting back to the family dynamics again that's one of the things that a lot of families a lot of, of households I guess don't really emphasize anymore mm-hmm. and that is, you know, the the spiritual side of things uh, that's right but it's very important it's very important
0: absolutely it's, it's extremely important and and Something was coming to my mind as you were speaking, kind of going to the spiritual side of things. Some people call it psychological, but it's all together. Um, it's all intertwined. We have to be very careful um, as people of authority for fathers and for teachers and coaches and whatnot, whatever position you have been given um, to make sure you're, you're, you're watchful over the things that you speak over your kids. You know, I can't tell you How many people, you know, Michael Phelps, um, you know, you got people like Ray Lewis. I mean, there's there's all kind of folks who who have commented or hinted to the fact that they had someone to tell them, you're just going to be bad. You know, you're just going to be this. Uh, You're never going to be that. Uh, You're always angry. You're always this. You're such a troublemaker. You know, people don't realize that you have power in the words that you speak. And if you're given a position of authority, uh, it's important to note that not only the good stuff is being ingested by the, people, the students that you're speaking to, you know, the bad stuff is too. So, you know, going back to the point you were saying earlier, we need to make sure that whatever reservations you have about a student who's challenged, make sure you're not judging them before the time. You know, unless you understand their family dynamic. Or, or what's causing them to be the way they are you need to make sure that you're quiet on those things when it comes to that student because what you don't realize is you can make a pronouncement over a child and you think that, that child is not being hindered or affected but really you just cursed them you just spoke something over them that as we say in christian circles god did not speak over them You know, God calls us overcomers. He calls us more than conquerors. He loved us even while we was acting crazy. And you have a a lot of practical thinkers out there who, because they're so practical, they aren't sensitive to this fact. And you can actually inhibit a student because maybe you're treating them a certain way. You have inner thoughts and emotions and judgments towards them. Maybe you're not saying anything, but that doesn't mean they can't sense it. I mean, I had teachers who I knew they couldn't stand my guts and they never said a word about it. But I, I could feel it coming from them, because mm-hmm. we are spirit beings and we sense these things. You know, we are affected. We we have senses, and all of them aren't natural. Some of you—that's how you can walk in a room and just know uh, these people aren't my friends. <laughs> you know, it's something that you're—it's something that you're sensing. And so we have to be careful to make sure that we're speaking life over people, and we're not judging our students because. As a matter of fact, uh, Ben, I saw a video on Facebook the other day, and uh-huh. it just really blew it blew me away. It was a it was a Caucasian lady who was very frustrated at her student board because they were blocking funding that was needed for some of the lower end students in their school, and she was arguing about the fact that there was racism and there was pride and you know just uh, things that were keeping them from. Sacrificing their own interest room for certain for implementing certain programs and resources for students who actually needed it the most. And one of the things she said was, "You know, I got a call this morning, and I had a a student, a female student, who, you know, her grades just completely tanked. She was a great student, uh, but her grades tanked. You know, she became withdrawn. They didn't, they they couldn't understand what was going on with her. Come to find out." that uh, her next-door neighbor had been raping her every day for a couple of weeks. Oh, wow. Or uh, f- Yeah, like over f- a 50-year-old male was doing this. Another young kid, 10 years old, young boy, don't know what's going on. He, I, all of a sudden, he starts fighting everyone. He's angry. Um, he's always in trouble. He can't figure it out. And if you're carnal, or that means if you're only naturally minded and only looking at what they're doing and not why... Uh, then you're going to miss out on the it factor and the it factor for him was you know he had a cousin who was raping him you know oh, wow. and had been doing so for a while so this is what we're talking about like you know these, this is the reality of certain things that go on in our communities that if we're not careful we can miss it and we can misjudge a student and it can completely derail them from becoming what they're they're supposed to be so just an right. encouragement uh, yeah. seek to understand and, and not to judge because you don't always understand everything that you think you do <clears throat> in,
1: in regards to a person and students come into the classroom with a lot of things um, you know, as you were talking an incident happened where one teacher he was a colleague of mine he um, was, was just speaking to um, a group of of students and one student in particular um he told you know he asked her about you know just mm-hmm. what her plans were um mm-hmm. different things like that and he told her you know she was very smart and you know she could you mm-hmm. know probably do whatever it was that she to mm-hmm. do um mm-hmm. not knowing until at the end of the year she wrote him a letter as i I mentioned earlier you know we get those Mm. letters he was just being involved you know got a letter Mm. and uh she uh in the letter recalled that conversation to him Mm. the letter that Mm. she wrote to him and um said to him that what he did not know was that she had such a bad experience at home before coming Mm. to school or whatever that um she was actually going to she had actually decided to commit suicide
0: oh but no.
1: because of the conversation that he wow had, you know oh, she geez. decided not to you know not to kill mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah so wow it's wow you know teaching is a um it's a profession uh but mm-hmm. it's more than a profession it's actually it's a calling um, you can't, yeah. you know. It's 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 definitely not uh, something that you do because you feel like, you know, you're gonna get paid a lot of money because it's definitely um, not a whole lot of money, I guess, in yeah. teaching, um, you know, compared to other professions. Mm-hmm. So it's something right. that you have to be called to do. You have to exemplify a great deal of patience and understanding with students because you don't know where they come from. You don't know all the things that they have to deal with. Uh, Mm -hmm. And so for some of them, it is emotional, it is, you know, social or whatever the case may be. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's why, like I said, it's good to have that rapport with them Mm -hmm. because, you know, there are students who might misbehave in another class, but never (laughs) misbehaving. <laughs> <laughs> right. And, and right. it's because of that, you know, it's because of that reports. They know when you care. You can't fool students. Yeah. They know when you You can. sure can't.
0: That's right. That's so powerful. You know, let me uh, jump to this quote. Uh, it says, the trouble with not having a goal is that you can spend your life running up and down the field and never score. Uh, that is... Was just so impactful as it relates to having realistic goals. You know, number one, um, do students have goals <laughs> nowadays? I mean, do 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 you see students come in with a mindset of goal setting and having a plan? Is does that exist in their world? And if it doesn't, you know, how do you help them to realize the need for that? Yeah, as freshmen know, um, you know. <laughs>
1: I mean, you know, some kind of goal or whatever the case may be, and so, like I said, in the classes that I taught—that was one of the things that we that we focused on. Uh, you know, we focused mm-hmm. on the goal setting, uh, long-term mm-hmm. goals, short-term goals, setting those smart goals, so to speak, and then um, mm-hmm. focusing on achieving those goals. And I always have a conversation at the beginning of the year with all my classes. And that is, you know, because I mostly teach ninth grade, that this is a new year. Okay. Uh, Yeah. And I even have it when I teach 10th graders, you know, or 11th graders. In the beginning of Mm -hmm. every year, this is a new year. It doesn't matter what happened last year. It doesn't matter, you know, even if I taught you last year, we, you know, had Mm some issues as far as your behavior or, you, you found things difficult this is a new year so new year new opportunities yeah. you know so you do you set those goals what is it that you want mm-hmm. to achieve what is it that you want to get obtain and and then let us mm-hmm. focus on those things and let's work on them. for some students a general conversation works for some you have to you know again have some of those those sideboard conversations with them mm-hmm. and you know mm-hmm. focus them on setting some goals and then uh, yeah. reminding them of the conversations and what they need to do mm-hmm. to to achieve those goals. Um and so that's the that's the thing that but like I said it doesn't become concrete in the minds of them until they get to a certain level of mm-hmm. Maturity. Students are students, you know. Yeah. Um, so in ninth yeah, grade, it's getting used to being in high school. It's getting used to being popular, mm-hmm. and it's getting their learner's permit so that they can start driving. <laughs> those, are, you know, those are things that they're right. focused on. So you really have to, you know, tailor their thinking towards education and a bigger future even in terms Mm. of finishing in four years. And if they want to become, if they want to be an honor graduate, if they want to be valedictorian or Mm -hmm. salutatorian, they want the scholarships and things like that. All that starts, you know, Mm -hmm. that first day of their ninth grade year. And so to make Mm -hmm. that speech and to give them that kind, you know, to try to show them that perspective uh, Mm -hmm. is, is how I try to help them, you know, I guess center a yeah. goal and stay focused on that goal, because you know that GPA calculates every year. And I remind them, you know, <laughs> I mean, I, just, I tell them it's hard. It's 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 hard to come up the hill. You know what I'm saying? When you already mm, just mm, that's calm, it. You know, is it's easier to work that's hard right. in the beginning so that you don't have to do so much in the end.
0: That's right. That's right. You know, that's so important. And I think. Um, for students to really understand outside of their experience, they gotta get out. You wow. know, one of the one of the most uh, powerful experiences I ever had, I you know, you know, I used to sing a lot. So we did a lot of uh, what they call Georgia Music Edu- Educators Association, I did Allstate and that allowed me to get connected with a group of individuals who like some of the songs that I like, but what I found was I had a lot of common ground with these kids and fortunately because of my parents and my upbringing I had goals and I understood um, that there was a reality outside of school because I was constantly reminded of that and my parents you know thank God they exposed me to that Though though a lot of people didn't get that and so if you're listening and you have a child or you know someone who is struggling with being able to see past where they are now, you need to help them get out because when they realize that the world is much bigger and more importantly, much different than the one they exist in, then when they come back in and getting grafted back into that high school environment, it'll be more difficult for them to succumb to the pressures and the the types of of things that steal your focus in school. You know, it's funny. Um, it, it's just it's just very important that they get out and that they get exposed to other things because the Bible says that you shall know the truth and that the truth shall make you free. In other words, when you understand uh, with with your own eyes that there are, that there are people who are different than you that who are accomplishing things that there are folks in high school and even in middle school who have companies. I just watched Shark Tank the other day and I saw a girl who was in high school. She had her own company, man. I mean, it was like she sold uh either it was like soccer or badminton equipment. And she she had she was making over a hundred thousand dollars with her business. Wow. Yeah. In high school. Yeah. I mean, she's a kid. Now now here's the and here's the thing. You may say, well, you know, we don't have that kind of money. No, but you can get the vision. And you can begin to work on the goals. I'm not saying you need to, you know, start a company. But what I am saying is the exposure is there, whether you're able to start in the same place as somebody else is or not. That's extremely important to to make sure that no matter where a child starts, because it's not about where you start. It's about what you become and what you produce when you get there. You know, you, you, you got people who are or making you look bad because you started out in a low place in society and you didn't get somewhere as quick as somebody else got. But I'm telling you, it doesn't matter how much money you have. Your money doesn't go to the grave with you. Don't. It doesn't matter how quickly you get somewhere. It's the type of person you become when you're there and what type of impact you're making for other people. Right. You know, so don't feel down less than or depressed if you are starting in a lower place or if your children are starting in a lower place from a financial and educational resource perspective because you can get the knowledge today and it may take a little longer to build but the point is is that you're exposed and that your children are exposed and if you are a student that you are exposed because i thought i was crazy i was surrounded in an environment where I was told by my parents that I needed to achieve and I saw them achieve. And I was hated and ridiculed and persecuted for being an achiever. And for the longest, I just wondered what was wrong with me. I just, you know, it was very difficult. I chased after the popular circle because that's what was exalted in my culture. And if you are listening and you're a student or you know someone who's a student, you need to give this to them because they need to understand that unfortunately, a lot of people allow their immediate environments to shape their immediate culture, to shape how they think, because you think you're not, you don't have the revelation that there's other cultures aside from the one you're currently ingrained in. And when I came back to my school, after talking with people, they liked the things I liked, they were achieving in school, they had plans. They were going to do great things. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. It's not me. It's my culture. It's the mode of thinking and the environment that I currently exist in. When I came back to school, I had a completely different mentality. And I was like, y'all can do whatever you want to do. You can add a boy each other. You can sleep around. You can suck on your test. You can do whatever. I'm going to get my grades and I'm going to plan. Because now I have the revelation that when I walk across that stage, nothing else matters. Yeah. Nothing else matters. Nothing matters. The only thing that matters is what did you do to get yourself prepared for what is coming after school, after high school. Because there is life after high school. Right. You know, it it doesn't matter. And if and if and if high school students in particular can get, or even earlier. If, if you can get that revelation as a student that there is more to life than what you're currently experiencing in your friends and your Instagram posts and in your uh, cheerleading events and, and games and all of that, then it'll help you have the right perspective, even in an environment where it's not currently
1: appreciated. Right. Right. And that's and that's that's it. You know, um, I think, um, like I said, having goals uh, is, is a great thing and i think like you said even mm-hmm. looking at um what other people are doing but you know being realistic about your own goals saying you know i may i may not be doing this but at least i can do that um it's certainly mm-hmm. you know it's certainly beneficial as long as you're trying to do something um i think um, yeah. you know, people exactly. pursue people pursue passion see I, you know and and there are a lot of students who are Passionate about different things, uh, particularly um, that everybody is trying to become um, a rapper. I don't know if they're being influenced by the (laughs) love hip hop shows or whatever, but you know everybody's trying to become a rapper or you know uh, uh, a professional athlete. And there's nothing wrong with those goals. There's nothing wrong with those goals. Yep. But in even in pursuit yep. of those things, they put education to the side. And, they're, and the thinking is that if I'm gonna do this, then I don't need an education, you know? And, and, exactly. and my thing is even, you know, with goals, uh, college may not be a goal for everybody, but uh, That's
0: right.
1: some type of, of skill, learning you know whether it's welding or mm. truck driving or being an electrician mm. you know different things like mm. that are also just as important as becoming lawyers and doctors or as teachers exactly. the thing is and so uh i think that that one of the things that we have to do in education is really emphasize that more and uh you know, when I was in school, they had the vocational track or whatever they called it at that time for mm-hmm. the students that yeah. were not, you know, they knew they were not going to college and some kind of way we shifted mm-hmm. from that. And I guess to say, oh, we're saying that these children aren't going to college. We're limiting them in some kind of way. Let's take away the vocational track and put everybody on the on the college, <laughs> you know, back or whatever the yeah. case may be, but that's in reality, that's not that's not the case. Even not even the vocational school or the mm-hmm. tech schools, military is a career mm-hmm. for some people. And so that's right. We have to yeah. keep our children abreast of all of these options and different things that they have so that as they set those, mm-hmm. they can find whatever works best for them. I Have a classmate even into the yeah. Marines. And he's already retired. He's put in 20 years. Wow. He's put in 20 years. Wow. He's retired from the military. All <laughs> those military benefits and everything. And I've wow. still got to go another 13 years before I hit retirement. Never- oh. Oh, man <laughs> You know he's forty and he's retired. You know that's like unholy. But wow. I mean, you know, you choose yeah. the paths. You choose the paths that that, that work best yeah. for you. I definitely was not a military man. Definitely wasn't
0: <laughs> me. Neither. <laughs> my grandfather was in the in, in the in the war, and um they approached my father, and I t- I told him I said, look, you, you know. I know what is really gonna happen. You can tell me everything you want, but I'm not gonna be one of the ones scrubbing the toilets and getting screamed at and running around <laughs> that's just not for me. But I'm grateful for all of those who are in the military because it's needed. And, and so like you're saying, it takes it takes a it takes a, a, a variety of people to run a country. You know, everyone's not gonna be an athlete, everyone's not gonna be a doctor. You need I need someone to be able to to have a tree removal service. I need people who sell toilets. I need people who fix cars. You know, I need some folks who can provide tools and equipment for when I want to garden. So, you know, those things are important. I agree with you 100%. Uh, We're getting ready to wrap up here. But I have one last question being just uh, going back to... The, the gist of everything as far as why men must educate w- what are you seeing in education uh, that that alludes to the fact that men are important and what would you say to encourage uh, the men in America to get involved in the educational system
1: um again <laughs> um, you know the um, the fact that our students need strong male role models and and male leadership Uh, good examples Mm -hmm. of of men achieving Mm -hmm. Uh, for uh, men of color I especially say you know that that it is needed now uh, more than Mm -hmm. ever um, even from the elementary and primary levels even up to the high school
0: yeah
1: Uh, Mm-hmm. you know they they need to see that that involvement of black men per se um mm-hmm. and our because of our current um I guess um crisis is is the mm-hmm. only way I know how to to describe it in terms of uh what happens uh, with the black male, in reference to um, cases like the the Ahmad Arbery case and so many and others, um, oh, yeah. um, there is a lot of, a lot of anger and frustration, um, a lot of disappointment mm-hmm. with uh, some uh, African American males, and so they need that positive reinforcement, um, and they need, need to be able to to express themselves even in an education setting uh yeah where Mm -hmm. you know they're not always viewed as being threatening or as a threat Mm -hmm. and um yeah so sometimes you know um that's the only that's the only way that they can't do that because uh, they need to hear how to act positively um yeah, you know, I was I was talking with a friend who was expressing a lot of f- feelings of anger, and this is an adult who was expressing mm-hmm. feelings of anger and was was you know saying, uh, <clears throat> you know the anger was so was so real that it was you know to the extent of the the militant type of approach, oh, you not know, wow. the you know peaceful protest type. Of approach, right you know, <laughs> to to change things, and um, my yeah. statement, you know, is you know you know could to 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 be able to to channel that anger in a good mm-hmm. way um mm-hmm. if what is mm-hmm. necessary, and so for a lot of men, mm-hmm. a lot of, of African American men, black men, um, younger. Men, boys need to see that. Need to hear mm-hmm. that. You know that. Yes, there are injustices. Yes, there are things that are frustrating, but mm, there's a positive way to get through all and to steal, and to still and to still achieve. You know, uh,
0: I agree. I, yeah, I, I think that's so important. I, you know, as a whole, it's time for the nation to be mended together and. Uh, this is something that really came up while you were speaking. It's important that we don't see people as they are, but we see people as what they're supposed to be. And you know, the whole point of a teacher or a leader or an instructor is to be able to look past what uh, what fractures you may have in your thinking, in your emotions, in your logic, in your understanding. And to be able to pull out what's on the inside of you. If you don't have a heart to do that, then you don't need to be right. teaching. And you don't need to be yeah. leading. And it and, and I mean, we've got to start at the core. You know, kind of like what I was telling you about what the Caucasian lady said in regards to the school system. You know, we need all types of people. We need people who just care about people. We need men who just care about Americans. You know, like it, the, the name of the show is American Man Podcast Whoa. when you look at another man do you see that as an American or do you see that as a Hispanic man do you see that as a black man, a white man do you see that as an Indian man or do you just see it as your fellow mm-hmm. brother you know and, and, and we need people who have the revelation there ain't no difference between me and you except how we look right how we think that's it that's, that's the only difference we we all have DNA, we all have blood and hair, we all have sweat and emotions, we all need water, we all need food. And all the other differences that we make are just our arrogance trying to create separation because of insecurity. And it's time out for that. We need men to step up. I'm telling you what I saw is is a generation that's void of leadership. And there's something God has given men, the ability to lead, to build and to establish and have dominion and when that is not present it's a real right. problem we need men at home as teachers we need men in organizations as teachers we need men in schools as teachers and I'll tell you something else I was having a conversation with family the other day it's not going to be good enough for us to sit around and talk about what's wrong and it's also not going to be good enough for us to sit around and become just as hateful as the ones that spew in the hate once again you know, you're gonna have to have faith to go beyond your emotions because our emotions will lead us into a bunch right. of trash. You know, I mean you got you got people who will play tick for tack. You kill one of ours, we're gonna kill one right. of yours, you know, or you you build your own company, we're gonna build our own company. No. We don't need that. Right. You know, we need you know, we need people who I, I and I'm calling on every male in any leadership authority, and no matter what circle you are, walk in integrity and and think. And love goes beyond you. It, it goes to the person who needs it. You know, so if you're not holding your community accountable, and if you're not seeing people as Americans, but you're seeing them for the individual differences that we have created and and, and have used as a mode of separation, then I, you're not a true American. Right. Because true American, you're not a true American. A true American is a person who says, you are my fellow countrymen and regardless of the differences we have there's a lot more that we have to share if we're willing to figure it out and that's how i choose to see you and i'm going to help you i had a neighbor tell you me and my wife uh we we live in atlanta had the best neighbors ever and they all look different than me i mean i we, we we're a black couple and we have kids, and our next door neighbors were a Caucasian couple. They had beautiful kids, and we all played together. Our kids played together. We talked. The guy was a mechanic. You know, my car went down. He helped me get parts and didn't charge me for it because he was in the mechanics. I mean, you know, uh, my other neighbor, she was an older lady, Caucasian lady. You know, when we first came to the neighborhood, we didn't have a lawnmower, but <clears throat> she cut grass, and we didn't even ask. And she would put the trash out at the road. Just because she saw it needed right. to be done. I mean, I was learning things from these people. Like, man, these neighbors are off the chain. Like, because they saw me as an American. They didn't see me as a, a black man. You know, black, white, yellow, it doesn't matter. The whole point is that you're being a leader to all peoples. And if you're discriminating, then you're not a real leader and you're not an American. You're just in right. it for yourself. And so we're encouraging everyone, especially the men, to step up because we've been given the mantle of leadership and the school system in particular needs students because what people don't understand is you know the murderers uh, you know the rapists you know the evil politicians you know all that stuff is being developed in school I think Mm -hmm. we forget that like do people not realize that all these people started out being taught by somebody right Like that, like, that's huge. Like, what was your effect on that person? You know, like, they're creating the leaders of tomorrow. It's not some statement we say so that we look and sound good. Like, this is real. Like, you know, there's literally somebody could speak something over you and that's what you become. There's somebody who could, you know, say something, you're never going to be this, and then you don't become that. Because they're, they have that responsibility. And so, You know, you know as you know as well as I do that it's when they're younger, they're taking in everything. So it's super important that we not only talk about, you know, what we want to see, but that we become that and that we we put our, our money where our mouth is and we actually get involved and become a part of the solution and not just be on social media and let everybody know what we think because that doesn't mean anything. You know, at the end of the day it's it's what we're adding to the community with the works, not just what I'm out. So uh, that's pretty much what we wanted to say. We truly hope everyone enjoyed it. And Ben, I appreciate you coming on. It's been a great time chatting with you, man. And uh, we'll thank you for having me time. on, sir. Absolutely. Thank you all to listen. Uh, again, this is American Man Broadcast, and uh, we'll see you next time.